the Avenging Hour. I'm Jason. I'm John. Do you remember when the first digital comic reading thing came out? Digital comic reading thing? Yeah, an app, I guess. Okay. That's what the kids are calling them, apps. <laughs> Appies, app-apps. Do you remember those? They do. Do you remember the first one that would do, like... Um, Before Comixology? I think so, where you could read, like, it would show you a panel at a time. I don't remember that. I thought it was amazing when it first came out. I had it on... I think that would have been on my the first color Kindle that I had. I mean, you can still do a panel of a t- at a time. I thought it was them. fascinating because you could swipe through and it would just do a panel and a panel and a panel. Uh, sometimes I will do that a panel at a time. I'll do that. I believe they call it like directed view or something like that. Hmm. Because sometimes it can be nice. Not only do you get to see the artwork a little bit better. Yeah. But it can, like, especially for like double page spreads, I oftentimes can't. It's too small and I need to blow it up. Yeah. My old yeah. aged eyes. But the only problem is if you start reading the entire book panel by panel, then you're like, oh, my God, why is this not over yet? <laughs> you lose complete track of where you are. Uh, so this is uh, episode 205. Yeah, right? 205. That is correct. Of our glorious podcast. Thanks for listening, all 12 of you. Uh, we are going to do West Coast Avengers number 48 today from September of 1989. Um, still written and drawn by John Byrne. Yeah. It's, Although, I don't know where, where the credits are. I was going to say, where are the credits? <laughs> they're quite a ways in here. Maybe they're on the last page. Like, wait, hey, there's Star Fox. What's he doing here? Seriously, are there no credits on here? It's probably the last page. If, if Usually if it's not in the first few, it's in the last. Hey, they're there at the bottom. So, oh, interesting. It's listed John Byrne and Mike Macklin as writer, artists, inker. That's strange. Because it's clearly a John Byrne penciled issue. That's very strange. Hmm. It's called This Ancient Evil. Wait, they're advertising Atlantis Attacks. Do we have to do that, too? Did we already do that? No, we'll see that. Well, we're going to be doing it in annuals here not too long from now. We're doing Atlantis Attacks and Acts of Vengeance at the same time? Acts of Vengeance is more fun, and then we do Atlantis Attacks. This uh, this issue is called This Ancient Evil, I'm assuming, because those are the three big words on the first page. I tried reading this issue three times last night, and I kept falling asleep. Because the first uh, three, eh, let's just say four pages, are like, uh, in the beginning, <laughs> there was Earth. <laughs> it's, all, it's all narrated, and it's a very poetic, uh, especially after the Shakespeare that he did in the Avengers issues with the Asgardians, I feel like... Burned is just an, on a, he's just on a roll now. I'm going to read this first page because it made me fall asleep. <clears throat> Memory cannot proceed being, cannot reach back into the dark oblivion before the spark of life ignites. Yet this is memory, this image of an earth, a borning. Is that a word? <laughs> a borning, swollen infant, moon crouching above clouds of poison gas. Seen without eyes, the flash of lightning boiling the turbulent air. Heard without ears, the crack of thunder rolling over a broken lane. <laughs> what the hell? And then the, you flip the page, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be some action shot. Nope. Two more pages. of it. There's like protoplasm and waves crashing against a rock and a trilobite is formed. And then, the, hey, look, that's Scarlet Witch. So my note actually says, can we explain this plot? I... <sighs> I feel like if we explain it now, we're giving away this issue and next issue. So we'll try to explain it next episode. I I think we kind of have to. After it all happens, we have to like explain what actually happened. So we because find... it takes us until take took me until then to go. Oh oh oh! I get it. 
So we found the Scarlet Witch in a tube. They have replaced her normal clothes with... Well, they've either replaced her with a black body stocking or she is just covered in ink. I I'm can't thinking quite she's. Tell. Well, I think she's covered in that black stuff that overtook her at the end of last issue. That makes sense, and that's probably what they're. Uh, what what is giving her these memories? Because it's also in the tube with her, floating around. Yes, and they're like, um, maybe it, she's absorbing stuff. They're they're giving her memory reconstruction. Uh huh. Is she in the assimilator, or does that not come up till next issue? <laughs> I, these conversations don't make any... I was telling you last week that I was trying to remember. I had read one of these issues, and I had been watching these black and white movies, and I had gotten a certain cadence down how the characters talk to each other, and I was going to interpret that into the comics because it made it the reading of it easier. But then when this issue took place, I was I could not follow what anybody was saying. And it, I, I feel like even if you read it as a 1950s sci-fi scientist talking to another 1950s sci-fi scientist, they wouldn't even know what was going on. They don't explain anything. Like the, this this Mr. Random is talking to this woman who's also in a three-piece suit and says, and the memory reconstruction? How is that proceeding? Oh, we've brought her up through the first hundred million years of our existence. At the present rate, she should be contemporaneous with us within 72 hours. What does any of that mean? Who are we and what are we doing? They don't tell you. No, they do not. And the physical problems? Murchison. Who's Murchison? We didn't meet Murchison. Why are they throwing names out here? I don't even know who this He's guy, the guy is. He's got the red hair right there. He's going to tell <laughs> oh, that's us about Jimmy the physical Olsen. problem. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I feel like Random looks like a middle-aged Clark Kent. Or oh, like I, Perry White. I was going to say a Perry White with some blue hair in there. Yeah. Anywho, um, while, while she's being uploaded, <laughs> Captain America and She-Hulk are arriving on the scene. So at Absalom, Texas, as we mentioned last issue, I was so bored with this that I looked up if there is an Absalom, Texas. I could not find an Absalom, Texas. There was a gentleman by the name of Absalom Gant, who was a Texas politician in the 19th century. I don't know if this was probably a a, a little bit of a Easter egg for all the Gant heads. What is a- Absalom? Isn't there a, a isn't there a play or a book or something called Absalom? Absalom? Is that a uh, what's his name? I wrote that book. It's a novel by Faulkner. Faulkner, that's what I was going to say. William, that William guy, William somebody. Yeah. So it, it's a Southern, is it a biblical thing or there's an Absalom Jones, an African-American abolitionist and clergyman from Philly back in the late 1700s. Is it a biblical reference? Absalom was David's son. You know, David, king of Israel. I'm still thinking this. Slayer is about, of Goliath. This is about Absalom Gand. <laughs> Still sure that's where he was you, going. You think Byrne was doing a deep dig? Yeah. He's a huge he's, <laughs> Gantite. Yes. It's big. <laughs> it's a big thing down in Texas. They love old Absalom Gant. Uh, so anyway, um, they arrive at... Did we? What is the name of this school? Do you remember? Does it have a name? Was it just Absalom State? <laughs> I believe there is, but I, I don't know that they... I don't know where they mentioned it. So... Captain America and She-Hulk touch down at the school where Random meets them and explains that uh, the Vision is still here, but that Wanda left. She dropped left. him off and left. She yeah. had to run some errands. She, like, she dropped him off at the pool and then off she goes. Can you watch my kid for a while? I got to go get some milk. Yep. We're going to take a break from this plot, though. Well, Captain America's like, uh, that's weird. I'm not sure. <laughs> you can see Captain America's still walking up the steps while the guy's talking. This next little interlude is setting up another plot it is star fox who is looking for nebula and he finds her and gunther her little toady 
talking about how they found a, a formula that if they have a sufficient energy source, she'll make her more powerful than Thanos ever was. This is a plot line that's going to play out in the main Avengers title. It's related to the plot line with the little old man that we keep seeing that blew up his house but was still oh, fine. Right. It's all about he has the energy source that she needs. Huh. In New Jersey. In New, in New Jersey. But it's weird that we are seeding the Avengers plot here in West Coast Avengers. But it's all one team, so. <laughs> and apparently Byrne believes if you buy one book, you buy them both. Obviously. We then take another look, or another detour, this time to a... A homeless shelter in Denver. Yes. Where we see uh, Mrs. Raymond. Anne Raymond. Isn't that uh, the human torch's wife? Actually, she was Toro's wife. Toro's. Oh, that's right. He was Raymond, yeah. And Toro is dead. So she's now Toro's widow. And she has a is clutching a paper saying that the Avengers have confirmed that the vision is not the human torch, which is this front page news? Because that headline is huge. I don't think that's front page. I think that's a, a under the fold. <laughs> but yes. I like how they say maybe she's a vision groupie or something. <laughs> also, why would she care? Well, was Toro Toro was a person? Toro was a person, not a robot. And he's dead. Yes. Why would she care if the vision isn't the human torch? And she'll explain in I don't know three issues from now, when this plotline shows up again, she thinks, well, if me, if the human torch isn't dead, maybe my husband isn't dead as well. Which, so if my ex girlfriend's third husband dies, I'm supposed to go to the funeral? Well, <laughs> I would say a few things about this. First I don't understand. Of all, the Avengers never said the Human Torch wasn't dead. They just said he's not the Vision. Right? Second of all... As <laughs> also, he's a robot that has nothing to do with a dead man. Yes. You saw... I'm pretty sure you saw your husband's corpse. Also, why is she in a homeless shelter in Denver? Right? I'm so this that, None of that makes any sense. But we'll be back for it. Oh, really? That's not this issue. It's too bad. Or next issue. But I think the issue after that. Anywho. So Captain America and She-Hulk. Um, I'm sorry. We're back to Texas. And they're in the robotics lab to see Vision. And Vision's like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty much. That's exactly what's happening. And the and they're uh, like, where's Scarlet Witch? And he's like, that guy told you she left. And the Scarlet Witch, meanwhile, the the, the humans, Merchantson and, and the woman with the three-piece suit, are have decided they have to speed up the Scarlet Witch's assimilation That's process. That's Murchison. That guy has glasses and a mustache. Oh, I'm so sorry. Come on. Who do you think that is? I don't know. They didn't tell us. I'm also irritated. I don't know that woman's name. Why does Murchison have a name? <laughs> Murchison's, <laughs> Murchison's coming back. What issue does he show up in he's again? Gonna be on Sa- he's going to be in the Savage Avengers. Uh, yeah, they're uh, going to speed up the Scarlet Witch's assimilation, which means we get more flashbacks to ancient life and dinosaurs. Yeah. And then we're back to Random, who is still taking Captain America and the She-Hulk on a tour of the facilities. Of this college campus's robotics lab. Yes. Where they have, like, an assembly line of robots. Well, and Captain America and She-Hulk are both confused because they're like, their facilities here aren't any more advanced than ours are. What in the world could they do for the vision that we couldn't do? They both know something's wrong. They just don't know what. Also, I'm looking at this this robotics lab where there's an assembly line of robots, and I'm thinking, the Avengers don't have anything like that. <laughs> How are you not impressed by that, Captain America? Right? <laughs> it's better than what we have. Then we go to another scene shift. This time we're back in Seattle where Hank Pym, Wonder Man, and Jan are still talking to Professor Horton. And by my reckoning, I believe they've now been here for two days mm. in the hospital, sleeping by his bedside. Where did they park? On a roof. 
<laughs> outside somebody's room. This is Horton's room. We'll just kick the window in. And they, they talk to him. And they're talking to, to Professor Horton to go over and over and over the fact that the vision was not rebuilt from the human torch. But Professor Horton says something that makes no sense to me. He says, the torch was an artificial human. He contained no mechanical parts as the vision does. What does that mean? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, what in the world? So the Anyone with the slightest understanding of androids would know that the human torch was an artificial human. Wait, is that all one sentence or is there a period? Oh, would know that, period. Wait, now I gotta go back a panel. Oh my gosh. That's the story. This is, this is Pim. That's the story as we understood until very recently, sir. You were supposed to have assisted the robot Ultron 5 in the conversion of your original human torch android into the android we know as the Vision. For years now, we believe the Torch and Vision were one and the same, but your words and my examinations prove this is not the case. And he says, no, the Vision could not be my Torch. Anyone with the slightest understanding of androids would know that, you idiot Pim. <laughs> he does not. I think you might be editorializing. No, sorry. The Torch was an artificial human. He contained no mechanical parts as the Vision does. That mixing of artificial organs and machine parts is what distinguished the Vision as a synthesoid, not an android. So that's not my understanding of what an android is. So, well, I'm so confused because he doesn't call the human torch an android. He's an artificial human. He calls him an artificial human. What's he made out of? But what's he made out of? And how did he burst into flames and not die? Uh, the, hum the human torch is clearly a robot of some sort. He is a mechanical being. Clearly, we've seen this. I don't. Look, you could put the words android, synthesoid, an artificial human on a blackboard, spin me around a few times, and have me point to which one I think anybody is, and I wouldn't be able to distinguish one from the other. I mean, it doesn't. What he's saying doesn't make any sense. A synthesoid is clearly or a synthesoid and an android are both artificial humans. So they're all the same thing. Yeah, I would think so. I, I don't under. I don't understand what they're trying to say. But there is no is a way. car an automobile or is an automobile a car? <laughs> There's no way that the human torch has no mechanical parts in him. In because he's means, filled with mud. <laughs> he's a he's just a mud tube. <laughs> that, because if he's not filled, he doesn't have mechanical parts. That means he's like a Frankenstein monster, and Horton just put human parts in him, right? Yep. And where did I get? mean? Let's say quote unquote human parts. <laughs> There's a cow in there. I don't know what he was made out of. I was drunk. I don't know. It just made no sense to me, and I don't like it at all. I'm an old man. I think I think Byrne just threw that in there to confuse everyone. Well, and now Dr. Pym is like, you know, this makes sense because so we got the information that the vision was built from the Human Torch from Immortus, and you can't trust him. And it's like, well, no, you can't trust him. Of course you can't trust Immortus. And then Immortus is watching them, and he's like, hey, can't trust me. But he seems to be watching everything that's going on, including what's going on with Wanda right now. Do you realize the, how Immortus's hat changed shape? Was it like a flashback to where he's talking to Vision and his hat is thinner, and now it's gotten wider? Well, the other thing about... When he gets older, does his <laughs> just keep getting bigger and bigger? <laughs> the other thing that bothers me is Immortus is in green, and Immortus does not wear green. He wears purple. We all know Immortus wears purple. What? Amortis does not wear these colors. Amortis wears green? He doesn't wear that much green. Okay. I'll he wears do you want him to wear the same thing all the time? Clearly he has different hats. <laughs> <laughs> he is a comic book character. Yes, he should wear the same. Look, 
Look, he wears green with purple. His cape is not supposed to be green. His helmet's not supposed to be green. This is his spring ensemble? <laughs> also, does he live in an M.C. Escher house? It, it appears that he does. That's weird. How does he... How does he put... What? How does he light that bra- that brazier there for, for a fireplace? It's like shooting smoke out sideways. But we certainly are led to believe that Immortus is watching what's going on with the West Coast Avengers and is interested in it for some reason. Boy, I hope we get back to that story. And then, well, we will, but not really with much with John Byrne. Mm. Then we go back to the Scarlet Witch, and she is now awake and assimilated. I don't know if anyone listening um, has been paying attention to these John Byrne issues, but they jump around a lot. (laughs) One of us. One of us. One of they who are something. What's that, what do they call themselves? Is it uh, in this issue yet or not? I think it's next issue. Okay. So they are very excited. The, the, the college people are very excited. And when Wanda, we know that Wanda is one of them because they send her to a really drab room to lay down and rest. And we see that she is thinking bad thoughts. Thoughts about how her dad was right. How mutants are the, the rules of the world. How they are superior. And she's like, yes, it's time for us to... She she doesn't... She kind of gloms over the part where she remembers that she was in something called the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah. <laughs> so, that night, Captain America and She-Hulk are trying to sneak back into the college to get answers. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Yep. Yep. They broke in. Looking at a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, hey, what's that? Jumped out of a building. Oh. Uh, Captain America, as they're going into the building, would like them to be stealthy. He tells the Shulk to, they need to be quiet, and she says she's not built for stealth. So they've just a quick explanation. They've broken into the the robotics lab again, and they're looking on a computer for something, and they find uh, that Scarlet Witch is being held in a sub basement of the building, like next door to where they're at. Sure, but I just want to point out there, Captain America's like, we need to be stealthy, and then proceeds to talk incessantly for the next six panels you know what else you being stealthy not talking constantly he just means moving stealthily oh they can only hear footsteps they can't hear words yeah yeah so they uh yes they go to find they need to go to this building next door so she hulk goes out onto the balcony of the building they're in which apparently is up on the 40 billionth floor (laughs) and she jumps out of it to the next building and just goes through the roof for like eight stories and he's like, excellent. With a 20-story drop propelling her, She-Hulk's 700 pounds have punched... Does she weigh 700 pounds? Have punched us an entrance through several floors of the target structure. Now all I have to do is follow. So he jumps off the building too and puts his shield under himself because apparently his shield can absorb any impact. Is that true? It is true. That's he's used it that way before. Weird. Even in the Avengers. So he plummets stories and stories and stories with his shield under him. And when he lands, he just goes... Boom! It springs off of it. I'm sorry, he doesn't go boing. He goes whong, which is a weird sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's my here's my problem with that, and it has to do with kinetic energy, which says that Captain America. I mean, the shield can absorb. I don't. I don't understand. Does it sh- just stop dead? And wouldn't that shatter his bones? Yeah, because well, the shield can absorb because it is made of vibranium, so it can absorb some impacts. But he is not the shield. He's not wearing the shield. <laughs> He's also not made of vibranium, <laughs> right? So I feel like the shield would hit the ground and it would be fine. And it would stop, perhaps? But Captain America would hit the shield. And go through it? <laughs> <laughs> Splork. 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't. The physics don't add up. At the very least, I feel like his kinetic energy that was built up from the fall when he hit the shield, he would like bounce up another three, like bounce back up, like, up three stories. stories. Yeah, yeah, have to climb down. So yeah, but he's like, it, it's less of a shock to my body than just stepping off a curb as he's falling off of it. Like that's not the same as stepping off a curb. You went wrong. I mean, it's not the way I step off a curb. Maybe it's how Captain America steps off a curb. So they uh, they head down to the sub-basement, down some flights of stairs. That's an exciting panel to watch them going downstairs. And then they find this huge, what Captain America calls a blockhouse, this ginormous like concrete bunker. The She-Hulk busts her way in, only to find the Scarlet Witch there with no pupils and still on this black body stocking. Or... And she is not happy to see them. No, she uses her hex power to collapse the roof on them and knock them out. Mm-hmm. But then we get the best panel of the issue. That's right. We're in Milwaukee where Hawkeye and Mockingbird are working with the Great Lakes Avengers. They are trying to train them. It is not going well. It is not. They've all fallen and wrapped up around each other. And mm. Yeah, uh, but they get... The uh, Mockingbird has picked up the destruction of the Avengers Quinjet that I guess Captain America and She-Hulk picked up. Yes. I'm not sure why they're picking it up so late. But they pick it up. Or how they're picking it up since they're not in a Quinjet. Yeah. And they don't have the equipment that the Avengers have. But whatever. They pick it up. And so Hawkeye, Mockingbird, and the Great Lakes Avengers are heading down to Absalom. Mm -hmm. And that's the issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, 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 yep. All those things happened. So I do have one question for you. Oh. And I don't know that you can answer it. But I'd be curious what your thoughts are. Oh, I'm sure I can't. Why did did John Byrne use Captain America and She-Hulk for this plot? Why not use, I don't know, the West Coast Avengers? Uh, because all they're doing is having a pointless conversation with Horton. And if Captain America noticed the destruction of the Quinjet, this plot could have been Pym, Wasp, and Wonder Man. And I'm not saying I want to see Pym, Wasp, and Wonder Man. I'm just saying it's their book. And I do not understand. I, You know, Byrne, I felt like throughout Vision Quest, I didn't like it. But it felt like Byrne knew where he wanted to go and he was going there. But this plot line so far just seems pointless, and it seems like it's designed to keep the West Coast Avengers out of the action. It does seem odd that like there's some sort of missing link here in their communication systems. Because the Quinjet emergency alert thing, whatever, goes off, and they get it at the regular Avengers mansion, but they don't get it at West... Or is, or is it the fact that the West Coast Avengers had already taken off? Because when when Witch and Vision left, they're like, "Oh, we know where she's going. Let's go after her." And they got in a Quinjet and left. So maybe the emergency signal went off at the headquarters. But there must. But be- then also, how did Mockingbird get it? Well, and also there are people at the headquarters. U.S. agents there. Tigers there. So if if it went off at the headquarters, somebody's got to be monitoring their monitors that would say, "Hey, we have a signal. Let's let's get going." And somebody could have contacted. Pam Wasp, and or if you wanted two characters, why isn't this U.S. Agent Tigra? It would be so much more interesting if it was U.S. Agent Tigra. It would, yeah. Instead of Captain America and She-Hulk. Yeah, I mean, I like Captain America and She-Hulk, I, the but they only, have their own comic. I just, it's just such a weird choice. The only explanation I can get is Burn trying to hammer home the fact that this is all one team. Yeah, yeah. It just—it's the only plausible thing. He's like, well, you know, everybody's going to chip in. Everybody's going to help where they can. That's all I got. And also, of all of the West Coast Avengers, he uses two of, well, at least one of the most overused, uh, or not West Coast Avengers, of all the East Coast Avengers, he uses one of the most overused on that one. And 
one that's probably a close second and used a heck of a lot with She-Hulk. They're, they're the go-tos. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess they make sense in that they would be the ones hanging around the mansion. But I don't even know who else is on the team at this point. Well, remember, the team is kind of a rotating team. Anybody can be an Avenger. Anybody. But Captain America is always there. Maybe maybe Murchison's an Avenger. <laughs> Do you think maybe Conan? Murchison! <laughs> That's it. Are we done? Are you good? We're done. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is avengingour at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at avenginghour. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.